I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you. And we're going to hit something that is important. And here's, here's the thing. Uh, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Uh, that's, that's where we live. I, I like to think of it as the crossroads between heaven and hell, to be honest with you. Uh, and we have that choice. We're either going to bring heaven down to earth or we're going to raise hell, to use a, an old colloquialism. But literally, we have the opportunity to take what life throws us and let God work it for good. Or we have, uh, we can let it roll right over us. We can let life just break us. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, there are events that really are, are very difficult. They, they, they can, if you let them, break you in an uh, irreparable way. But God takes brokenness when we give it to him, and he builds something beautiful out of it. My guest today is Mark Moore, and he has a book where he tells a lot of his story. Uh, it's called Shattered. And... Some of you have, have been there. Some of you may be there right now. This may be just for you. It's it's available if the book will help you. Uh, but we're going to hear from Mark. Mark, I appreciate you being with us today. It is an honor to be here, really. We've watched and followed your family for years and the impact they've had on the kingdom of God. So the honor is all mine. Well, and I appreciate that. And, you know, it's interesting because you, you say that as someone who has given your life to in engaging with people, equipping Christians, not just here in the United States, but in some of the most uh, difficult areas of the world in the Middle East, uh, as, as someone who has really dedicated your life to serving God, and yet you just a couple years ago suffered in a tragedy that I just, it, it hurts my heart to think about as a father, you know. Um, walk us through your your moment of shattering if you will well we um uh, as you said we we've we've been in in the middle east for uh, the last 18 to 20 years and serving there we've raised all four of our kids there and uh, our two oldest kids uh were back in the states as uh, in 2020 uh, going through school and and our daughter was in ministry training actually interning with a ministry in the dallas area and we were in uh, in Turkey and on our way to church on the 5th of July, the day after our 4th of July celebrations. And uh, my wife decided that she would call our daughter who was in Dallas. And so it would have been about one o'clock in the morning, but we knew she would be awake because she had been out celebrating the 4th of July with friends. And a uh, sheriff's deputy answered her phone. Mm. And, you know, that's that's the that's the the one person you don't want answering your your child's phone and so we knew immediately something was wrong and he informed us that our daughter had been involved in an atv accident a four-wheeler she'd been out on four wheelers with her friends late at night and uh, had an accident was in critical condition and they had air flighted her to a local hospital so uh, we put our I put my wife immediately on a on a plane to Dallas and and me and the remaining two kids were going to follow immediately after that. But while Michelle, my wife, was on 
in transit, uh, we got a phone call from the doctor that said they had done an MRI on our daughter and uh, did not find any brain activity. And so they had pronounced her dead. Um, now our daughter's a don a organ donor, so they kept her on live support for about three or four days. And, and me and the kids came and our oldest son came to the hospital and we spent three, three and a half days by her bedside praying with every ounce of faith that we had. And we had thousands of people from all over the world praying from every continent mm. that were praying for our daughter. So, uh, it was a, a traumatic season when, when we didn't get the prayers that we were praying for answered in the way that we thought they should be answered. And uh, the birth, the, the book was, was birthed out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, I, I, you know, again, as, as a parent, I just, it, I can't imagine. And, and I'm glad, you know, but I, what, where do you go from there? Well, and that's, that's really what the book is about. Uh, honestly, we, um, I, I'm like you, my worst fear in life was losing one of my kids. Mm-hmm. And I had negotiated with the Lord over and over and over again, especially when we launched out into ministry. I said, you know what, God, I'll do this. But my only requirement, my only ask in this bargain is that you'll protect my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when when we're when we were faced in this and we we were in this moment faced with this situation, I felt shortchanged. Sure. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I felt like God didn't hold up His end of the bargain. Yeah. And this was the journey that I had to go through the first several months after our daughter passed. Is this this journey of uh, this walk of faith and uh, of of coming to an understanding of of who God is in this moment and and how that meshes with everything that I've always believed about him in the past. And so, so I began walking through this and I've always been a journaler. So I write a lot and I've done that for 30 plus years. And so a few weeks after our daughter passed away, I just began writing. Um, it's, the, it, it's how I kind of process information. And after um, doing this for a few days, I decided to post a few of my writings on social media and I was just blown away by the response that we had received mm. people asking me, you know, um, write more, this is really helping me. And so, uh, the, that the book really is that it's, it is this place of, of, of walking through this journey of disappointment. And it's not just about loss, but I mean, disappointment is a, is, is something that affects every single one of us. And, um, and we have to learn how to walk through that. Yeah, no, and and definitely anybody that's dealing with other disappointment, maybe the you know the death of a marriage, uh, or or physical difficulties, um, you know. But when when you talk about losing a child like that, I that that is, I, I one of the hardest things I think that we can go through. Um, what <laughs> did any Christians, well-meaning Christians? I'm not looking to make fun of anyone. I'm really looking to make a serious point. Say anything that they thought was helpful that was really not helpful at all? (laughs) Yeah, I think that we we all do that, don't we? Because we don't know what to say in the moment. And um, uh, we had a lot of people that that wanted to know, uh, you know, one of the biggest, one of the the main areas that we, we had to deal with was, well, you know, 
God, God has a reason for everything. Yeah, right. And that was the biggest one for me to overcome and to deal with. And we heard that from so many different people. And I, and I, we understood, you know, they're well-meaning and they're just trying to uh, soften the landing a little bit. And, and they're caught in an impossible situation of trying to have something to say in a, in a moment where there's really nothing that can be said. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and that was the biggest issue, you know, well, 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 God has a purpose. God, God, God knows everything and he has a reason for everything. And I, and I struggled with that and it doesn't help. And, and the bottom line is, yeah, the bottom line in all of that is that these are a lot of the mysteries that we struggle with when we're dealing with disappointment, loss, grief is, is that question of why, why did this happen? And, and, and when you put it back on God, that he did it or he had a reason for that, it doesn't help the situation at all. And, and so I, I really do believe that we have to, you know, we have to focus more on, on different things because for me, what got muddled in this whole process, and it was part of that question is the goodness of, of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend, I think as believers to focus, to, to measure God's goodness according to his faithfulness. Now that's all great and wonderful because God is faithful and he's faithful all the time. But the problem with that is that we tend to filter all of that through foggy lenses and dirty filters because of our humanity. So when we tie his faithfulness to our circumstances, then when things don't go according to the way we think they should go, like in my instance, when I thought I had a negotiation, a bargain with the Lord, then then it 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 convolutes our understanding of who God is and that he is good because we've tied his goodness to his hand instead of his face. You see, his hand is what he does, but his face is who he is. And so goodness is not about what he does. That's an overflow, an outpouring of his goodness. But the goodness of God is, is entirely uh, encased in who he is. Mm. He is good. There is absolutely no good in the world apart from God because because he is good. He embodies it. And and so we have to we have to filter things through that instead of saying, well, you know, you know, God had a purpose for this. Well, okay, maybe he 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 did have a purpose, but maybe this was just something that you know, a bad thing that happened to a good person yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't part of God's Yeah. Yeah. Life yeah. Yeah, for that. I, no, I, 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 I'm fully, I'm fully convinced. I, I, you know, I broke my face a few years ago, uh, nose, cheeks, and upper jaw. Um, and <laughs> someone asked, and I think, I think it's a fair question, but you know, you th- think God's trying to tell you something? I'm like, like what God did this to God broke my face. I mean, really? I, I know I am. And if he is, I'm, I'm listening. I, you don't have to break my face to get my attention. I don't think. You know, and then someone else said to me, look, man, things happen. It's a it's a messed up world. Accidents happen. Tragedies happen, you know, and I go back to when I lost my younger sister when she was 40. And, you know, did she do anything to deserve cancer and, and, you know, not getting to see her children get married? Of course not. Did God do that to her i i don't think so at all i think it comes to a couple of things one one what you're just talking about is is the nature of god can we know it can can we trust it can we have confidence in it 
and two, sort of an eternal perspective on this life, because we tend to think this life is the measure of all things, when really it's it's a vapor. The Bible says, right. What what are, what, what, what are your thoughts on those things? Wow, man that that is a that has been a big a big exercise in my life over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm like a lot of people. When I was 15, I had a conversation with my mom, and and we were talking about eternity. And I said, you know, uh, I, I'm looking forward to heaven, but I, I hope that God doesn't come until I have a wife. Yeah. Right. Right. Then I get a wife, and I'm I'm like, okay, God, I want you to come back, and uh, but but not until I have kids. And then it became grandkids, and then it became a. A, a ministry legacy, and then it became retirement. And you know, there's never an there's never a good time to die. There's never, there's never a good time to go to eternity. Um, when we see this world as our home, and and I, I'm afraid that that's that's kind of where most Christians live is we live in this place where this is our home, and 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 that is some reward and place that we're going to. Uh, get to uh, when we die and when yeah. we leave our home. Yeah. But the Bible is very clear. It says that this is not our home. Do not get comfortable here because like you said, it's just a vapor. It really is. In the timeline of eternity, what we are living here is nothing. It's not even a breath. Yeah. And um, so I'm in this place now where, you know, I'm going to live on this planet as long as God will allow me to. I want to accomplish as much as I can accomplish for the kingdom of God. I want to enjoy all my grandkids and all my kids and and long life if God should should tarry. But here's here's the thing. Every single day now I wake up saying, God, can this be the day? Can this be the day? I'm hungry for my eternal home. Hmm. And that changes, I think, when you walk through something tragic or disappointing that really shakes the foundations of what you believe. And, and that's why I don't think that disappointment is necessarily an enemy. You know, we look at it as an enemy, something that we want to escape, but I don't think it's the enemy. I think it's God's attempt to use the broken things of this world, things that he didn't necessarily break. We broke them, mm-hmm. but in a broken world, things break. So he uses those broken things. He uses those ashes and he makes something beautiful out of it. Like you said at the beginning of this program. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it's it's critical it's critical that we have that foundation to build on because when things happen man that's where that's where the it, the test comes that's where the trial comes i want to show people your book it's called shattered by mark moore it is available wherever you get books and one of the things that you point out in your book uh and from your experience that i think is really critical for people to hear is that there is a difference between remembering and dwelling and anyone that's lost someone close to them especially in a tragic circumstance like yours i think if you if they hadn't had it pointed out they sense the difference but walk us through what you mean by that well i'll tell you um i, I struggled uh in the days leading up to us releasing our daughter's body uh, I didn't sleep at all. Of course, we were on jet lag as well because we had just come from Turkey and and we're at the hospital 24/7 and not sleeping and and all of the things that go through that process. And then after afterwards, um, uh, making all of the arrangements and 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 then trying to find some level of normalcy again in your life. And, and the problem with that is that I constantly struggled 
with this issue of not being able to to take my thoughts off of my daughter. Mm. Every little thing reminded me of my loss, and um, and I, I couldn't I couldn't sleep at night because immediately I'm, I I begin thinking about. Uh, uh, you know, what she did here and, and what she was doing there and the things that she would have done if she had been alive. And, and, and it, it was really, uh, it, tormenting. Was, it, it was tormenting me. Yeah. And as I began to pray and be, began to release some things to the Lord, uh, you know, I, I started reading in John about abide in me and, and I in you. And, and that word abide means to dwell. And, and, and the word dwell means to live. And so when we're talking about dwelling on something, when we say don't dwell on that, what we're, what we're saying is don't live there. Mm-hmm. Don't abide there. Where we're supposed to b- abide is in Christ. That's where we abide. Mm-hmm. But so many times in our thoughts and our, our minds, we set up camp on our disappointments. We set up camp on our loss. And, and, and then everything in our lives comes into turmoil because we've set up our, our we've, we, we've begun living in this place. Now it's, it's vital that we remember, you know, it is vital that I take time every so often to remember my daughter, that I don't just write her off and in, in an attempt to avoid the pain in an attempt to avoid the disappointment that I hide all of her pictures and I hide anything that would remind me of her mm-hmm. and, and, I, and, and move on with my life as if she never existed. Mm-hmm. That's the other extreme that's not healthy and you'll never find freedom there. But we've got to, rem- so we've got to remember that we can't camp out there. We can't live in that place of remembrance. We have to, uh, we have to find our, our, our place of, of living and abiding in Christ. That's the only way to get through uh, any kind of trials or, 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 or circumstances of grief, disappointment, pain, all of that stuff. The only way to get through it is to abide in Christ. Yeah, and, yeah, that's good. That's that's vital, especially for anyone who's there right now. Uh, what did your grieving process look like? Are you still in it, you think? Um, you know, grief is, is a strange animal, and uh, I think that it's different for everybody, obviously. Um, I have moments still where, you know, it's just been, we just, the two-year anniversary of her passing was just last July. So we're, we're still in the early infant stages of all of this, but, but um, I think grieving will always be something that I carry with me you know, there's stages of grief and, but, I, but there will always be those moments where I grieve my daughter's lot with the lot, the loss of my daughter. Yeah. There's that's I can't ever imagine a time or a season when that just doesn't happen. The, the, the thing that happens is that we get, we get stronger and we're able to carry that grief in, in a way that it doesn't weigh us down anymore in a way that where we can where we can walk straight and we can walk with strength and we can walk the journey that God has put before us um, without it weighing us down. Um, but I think so many people are looking for a way to escape it. And and I, I don't know that grief is a bad thing. I think it's something that God puts in us to to keep us focused and pressed into him. Yeah, I I, I don't think that you get over it or get past it, I think you learn to live with it. Right. 
you know um and that's that's tough um i have to ask your 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 wife your other children how 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 did that is that going how did that go because then it's not just it's it's the whole family that suffers in that kind of situation yeah i mean all of everybody has been affected differently by it um uh, it hit our oldest son pretty hard because uh, he was the one closest in age to our daughter yeah. uh, and uh, they they were very close you know their typical siblings fought all the time but but um, they were very very close and uh, she acted kind of as a rudder for him in a lot of ways and and so it was it was a struggle and it still is a struggle for him as he's learning how to uh, do life as a 24 year old um, without his lifelong, sister slash partner along with him. Um, our middle daughter, it was, I think the hardest for, she's just turned 16. So she was 14 when, when all of this happened, Mm -hmm. just moving into her teenage years and looking forward to having an older sister to kind of guide her and walk her through some of these times in life. So it was a, it was a real, um, uh, an emotional roller coaster and still is with her, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so proud of her and how she's walked this out and, and her determination to uh, be an example in in her as she matures and grows up of her of her sister, mm-hmm. who was pursuing the Lord with all her heart, mm-hmm. and so it's been a um, I think really good for her to 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 walk through these things and continue walking through them and find that place in her life. So we have a younger son; he's uh, thirteen, and. Um, he, he just kind of takes everything in stride. It, it, it hits him in, in moments, but he takes everything in stride. And our, our, and my wife is, she's half German, half Scottish, Irish. So she's, uh, she's got, um, steel in her backbone and, and, uh, she has been literally a, um, pillar for us as we've walked through this, this process. If somebody's watching you and they're moved, you know, uh, how would you want them to pray for you and your family? Well, uh, you know, our, our, I would say it's, there's, there's two, two parts to that. One is, um, that we'll walk this journey, uh, with continued with, with vulnerability and transparency that, that people will, will see in us an example of what God's grace can do, uh, that it will impact, um, people's lives and, and, um, and help to bring the kingdom of God to earth. I mean, which is, which is our whole ministry philosophy is, is really bringing the kingdom of God and revealing the kingdom of God. Um, second part of that before our kids, you know, this is a difficult season. We've transitioned from, from living in Turkey back to the United States, still fully involved in what we're doing over there, involved in ministry, expanding our ministry actually, but um, but our kids are are our primary ministry, and and it's yeah. been a, a struggle for them. You know, it's been a struggle for them losing their their sister, but it's been a struggle for them as they've transitioned to the United States. Our two youngest have never lived here. Oh wow! So it's been a exercise in American culture. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's and, kind of funny, actually. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, just as a, as a, you know, my dad, <laughs> as the son yeah. of an evangelist, um, who now openly says that he regrets being gone. He was gone three hundred days out of the year when I was growing up, most of the time. Uh, so he, in a lot of ways, was 
was absent. Um, your your family is making them your priority, your, your number one outreach in this world. Um, thank you for doing that. And don't, please don't ever feel like you're not fulfilling your ultimate sort of, you know, call to the world that is there. If you take time to say, I'm going to, my world is these three children and my wife for today. So you'd be encouraged and blessed in that. Thank you for that. Thank Uh, you. Yeah. Cause I, I know, I know how it can be. I know I can be with you, we, you guys that have the big vision type and that hear the call of God. And and, and then yeah, I think you probably know you've been around long enough to know that, that oftentimes the family can be overlooked and you, I'm hearing from you, you're not going to let that happen. So, yeah, it's important. Um, it's the most, you know, I heard um, someone say once, he said, uh, your ministry is, is the most important thing in your life outside of God and your number one ministry is your family. Yeah. And so, um, and I, I, we, we hold, we hold true to that and we haven't always been successful at it, but it certainly is our, our, our goal. Yeah. Just for people that are interested, uh, I, I put up the website a second ago, hope for nations.com. Uh, and so you can go there to see what Mark's doing, but what exactly are you doing? Cause the, the Middle East is not an easy place to, uh, minister. But we're doing a lot of different things, actually. And uh, God spoke to us a couple of years ago out of Isaiah 54, you know, expand your tent and strengthen your stakes. And um, and we really felt like he was expanding us from Turkey into the middle, greater Middle East and around all the nations, which is the, the name, Hope for Nations. Uh, we do a lot of things in leadership development. Our primary focus is really working with national leaders. We believe very strongly in unity of the church and unity of organizations and and people. So we we really strive a lot to not recreate the wheel, but to come alongside of ministries that are already doing what we want to do and see how we can help them, resource them, for, um, uh, you know, be involved in what they're doing. Um, we my wife has been working for about eight years with the refugees throughout the Middle East, you know, when they came flooding into Turkey in 2014 mm-hmm. with the crisis um, in Syria. And so she's, uh, we have a, a ministry that we've been working for several years um, uh, towards refugees. That's expanding outside of Turkey into Europe, um, particularly the Greek islands off the coast of, of Turkey mm. and uh, and into Egypt and Lebanon. So we're really seeing God expand our ministry, but we, we feel God's called us to do something here in the States too. And, and, you know, we, we have a heart to pull churches in the West into the 21st century in missions. You know, um, there's things we need to change. And so one of the things we're hoping to do, and as we expand our ministry is, is working with local churches and helping them come to a better grasp in terms of, what missions looks like on a local level and how can we do that better interesting interesting and what, what are you seeing uh, across those regions that you've been working in and continue to work in what's what's god doing because i know the impression in the west is that not always good right but what are you seeing on the ground i'm curious miracles and signs and wonders like you've never seen before huh. um, i we are seeing people that are coming to the Lord through dreams and visions. Hmm. Um, we're seeing people healed, people set free, 
There are people that, uh, I mean, these are, these are Muslims. I mean, these are people that, that um, born, raised, living their whole life as dedicated, committed Muslims. And uh, God is doing the miraculous right in front of them. And, and, and they're just coming to the Lord in droves. One of the ministries that we're connected with in, in, on one of the islands uh, off the coast of Turkey, Greek islands, there's hardly a day that goes by that somebody, one of the refugees, isn't, isn't giving their heart to the Lord. Wow. Uh, every week they're having baptisms. And this is just a small little island with about two or 3,000 refugees. But this is just an example of what God is doing. He's pulled them out of a place where we couldn't get into. And, and he's activated something that has, is, is, is revealing the kingdom to them even without people there to reveal it. it it's mind-boggling and mind-blowing that God doesn't actually need us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's actually, especially for someone like you, that's that's a good reminder. You know, it's it's not that, that God can't do it without us. It's that he's doing what he's going to do, and he's inviting us to be a part of it. Exactly. You know, and, and so it's an honor and, and a privilege and, and not a burden. No. Yeah. Man, I, very cool. I, I Thank you for your commitment to the kingdom for one uh and we'll pr- pray for you guys as you continue to to work in the areas that most of us probably would want to avoid um but thank you for sharing the story because this i know two years out is is not i mean it's still tough uh you're still feeling the loss and you will i i i know how i know how it is with my sister i don't know how it is with a child i can imagine it's only more intense um, but I appreciate you sharing some very intimate thoughts and experiences uh, in order to help other people. So I pray that we'll have you seen, have you gotten some good feedback so far? Because it's been out for a few months. Uh, some, yeah. You know, it's, it, uh, I, um, I uh, self-published and it's my first book. So, you know, those are two things that usually don't go well together. But, <laughs> but I, I think um, for the most part, it's been very well received and, uh, I'm, I'm pleased with how it's done. Yeah, but you so people can pick it up on Amazon or is that on the Amazon. It's place? a paperback and in, and in ebook, Kindle. Yeah, that's all you need, man. <laughs> Honestly, the whole publishing route a little overrated these days. <laughs> just, well, just saying. It, yeah, I, I would have to have to agree. <laughs> yeah, so. so the people that want to hear from you, that want to hear that that need to hear from you, that they know where to get your book and they'll go pick it up and then you'll hear from them. But uh, it's not about the book. is It's about the ministry. It's about God taking the brokenness. There's two kind of on end with this thought. Now, I'm curious your reaction, because unless you got to, are you in a hurry to get out of here? Can I finish one more? No worries. Scripturally, there are different words in the Old Testament for for brokenness, uh, mm-hmm. and there's two kinds of brokenness. I did this long study on the in the Hebrew and some of the Greek, and there is one kind of brokenness that is a brokenness to ruination. It's the shattering that can't be put back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we'll translate it broken or some, there's a couple other ways, but primarily broken. Then there's the brokenness where uh, we are emptied of ourselves. Where King, you know, when David fell before God and said, I, I am broken before you. It's a, it's, a, it's a humility. It's a sense of desperation. God, I desperately need you. That type of brokenness, God actually does a lot with. Yeah, 
he puts he, he puts something in there that wasn't there before that makes us stronger uh mm-hmm. or like the the i think it's japanese pottery more beautiful right uh where right. there's the gold in the adhesion you know it's like when we hit these places in our lives where we are shattered we don't just feel shattered we we are shattered I, we are we are crushed we don't know what to do we can either go down the path of ruination or we can go down the path of letting God restore us and put us back together. Yeah. And that's what I see you doing. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. I, I think about that scripture. It says that he's drawn to the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and you're right. It's that what it's talking about there is that he's, he's drawn to those people who are contrite and who are in that place of, man, I have nowhere else to go. I, I love that passage. One of my favorite scriptures. It's weird, is when when Jesus is speaking to the to all of his all of his followers, and he says, "Unless you drink my blood or eat my flesh," and and suddenly all these people are leaving, and he turns to his disciples and he says, "Are you going to leave me too?" And Peter's like, "Where else are we going? Yeah, where, <laughs> where, 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 where we go? We we've put everything. We've hung everything on you. Everything. Where are we going to go? Right? right. We put everything here." <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it, I think it's in those moments of where we're shattered and we don't understand and the mysteries of God are just, you know, hovering over us and, and, and we have nowhere else to go. And we're just we throw ourselves at the feet of the Lord and we say, all right, God, I don't get this. I don't understand it, but I am broken. I am shattered. And it's in those moments where he is just drawn to us. Yeah, so I love that. That's great. It's a good thing, too, because. This this world sucks at times. If I can be that blunt, and it's also interesting, the Sermon on the Mount is kind of a big deal. It's Jesus' sermon, and the first two things: what blessed are what the poor in spirit. And I know, man, uh, you probably never felt any poorer in spirit than when you're standing in that hospital room. Right. Um, and then, isn't the second one blessed those who mourn? Isn't that what comes next? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in that place right now, just know that there is hope and you take your brokenness to God and he promises to pick up the pieces, you know, uh, and, and make something beautiful out of it. And if you need a little help, someone who's been there, you can check out the book Shattered by Mark Moore. Mark A. Moore is how it will appear. Uh, and if you want to just support his ministry and his work, um, you know, the website is hopefornations.com. Go see what they're doing, and maybe you have a heart, especially for the Middle East and that kind of area too. And you go, "This is my kind of guy. I want to, I want to be a part of that." Get a hold of him, uh, and, and just appreciate you know the support and the honesty, and, and you being willing to open up, Mark. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Appreciate you guys out there watching. Hit share, hit like, hit follow, and do check out his website and book. Uh, it's a tough situation, but our God is good. Always good. We'll see you again next time. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my happy privilege and pleasure to present the man that God has raised up with a message for your deliverance. There is no distance in prayer. You don't have to go anywhere or be in any specific place. It is the believing of the heart. It is faith in God. You believe in pain, man.